technical difficulties. <laughs> well, I thought I'd start out uh, before we dive in. Um, a little article that I saw this last week on the news about jokes, a specific type of jokes. Dad jokes help kids develop into healthy adults, study finds. Dad jokes can enable kids to cope with embarrassment and awkwardness. <laughs> so I thought I'd share a few da dad jokes this morning uh, from actually a book that my daughter got me called Dad Jokes. So here we go. First one. What do you call it when a prisoner takes his own mug shot? A selfie. How do chimps get down the stairs? Chimps, like, you know, monkeys. They slide down the banister. Mm. That one didn't go over as well. What did the mathematician say when he lost his parrot? Where's my polygon? And last one. How do people swimming in the ocean say hi to each other? They wave. Good job, Mary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So now that my I took too long telling dad jokes, my iPad shut back off. All right. So we're continuing on in our series, uh, Revive Us Again, O Lord. And this morning's message is uh, titled Rooted in Joy. And here's an opening uh, prayer by uh, Rodney Howard Brown uh, at, at the Lakeland uh, Revivals. Father, tonight we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you watch over your word to perform it. And I pray even as your word goes forth this night that you will touch every hungry heart and every life that has come. Thank you that signs and wonders follow your words. Thank you for all that you've done these past weeks. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for all that shall be done in the days and weeks and months that lie ahead. We see America ablaze with the glory of God. And I pray even tonight that you would touch every hungry heart and every hungry life. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. So a little history real quick, if you'll bear with me, about Rodney and his wife. Uh, Rodney Howard Brown was born in Port Elizabeth in South Africa and grew up in Eastern Cape uh, Tanziki. His wife, Adonica, was born in, and I can't pronounce it, Zimbabwe, <laughs> and raised in Johannesburg. Rodney gave his heart to the Lord at the age of five, and Adonica, his wife, gave her heart to the Lord at age 17. They met and were married in 1981 and immediately went into the ministry. They had a particularly strong calling for the United States of America. In 1987, the door opened for them to go to America. They came to America with only $300, four suitcases, and three little children ages five, three, and seven months old. Rodney and Adonica came to America with a passion burning in their hearts to see souls saved and lives touched, and also with a commission from the Lord, he told them to stir up the churches and tell them to get ready for the coming revival. 
And in order to see a great harvest of soul, the church must be stirred up and a fire must be lit on the inside of them to see soul saves and, lo- and lost brought into the kingdom and family of God. On April, in April of 1989, the glory of God was poured out in a Tuesday morning service in a church in upstate New York, beginning the revival. Rodney and Adonica had, have seen many revivals break out and They run anywhere from one to four consecutive weeks. The longest one ran for 13 weeks in Lakeland, Florida. In 1998, God gave Rodney a dream about a huge soul-winning crusade in New York. So in the summer of 1999, under the banner of Good News New York, they rented Madison Square Garden for six weeks and focused on soul-winning street evangelism, where in New York every day, For eight weeks, they went out telling people that God had a great plan for their lives and leading them to Jesus. Altogether, 48,459 people made a commitment to Jesus. In the summer of 2000, in Louisiana, an eight-week street evangelism event brought in 59,247 souls that were saved. He did return to South Africa in 2004 and 2006, seeing 650,000 salvations. So far around the world, over 18 million people have made decisions for Jesus Christ through his ministry, and he's still ministering today. And one thing that Rodney is known for, um, as he is deadpan, reading the Word of God, just reading from the Word of God, holy laughter and joy just begins to flood the congregation. And a quote from Rodney was, God, either you come down here tonight and touch me, or I'm going to die and come up there and touch you. Some personal stories in my life about Rodney Howard Brown, because he was hugely impactful in my life. I got a call from my grandparents, um, I think it was in 1994, and uh, he wanted to go to Texas to see Rodney. And so we flew down to Texas. God worked out some amazing miracles for me to go, because this was last minute. The day before, I had to go to my boss and say, hey, can I go to Texas? Uh, And uh, he's like, sure, bring me a hat. (laughs) So anyways, uh, flew down there, met in the meetings. By the third day, um, I had never had a drink in my life, but uh, uh, I guess you would call it I was drunk in the spirit. So much so that uh, in one of the services afterwards, that Rodney would go and line, they would line up everybody all over the church, and he'd pray for, you know, everybody, you know, from three to 5,000 people. He'd go through the line and pray for everybody. And so when he prayed for me, uh, shortly after that, two police officers walked in because they were having some issue with um, the crowd control out front and some traffic. Both of them were instantly slain in the spirit as well and were... Uh, on each side of me for hours. We were just laughing in the spirit. Um, also uh, experienced uh, Rodney Howard Brown at Melody Land in Texas, not Texas, in California, and uh, get my states right. Um, anyways, uh, there was a, a lady that went with us. Her name was Dorothy Litke. Uh, she was a very reserved and proper lady. Wonderful lady, loved her to death. We were standing outside waiting to get into the meeting, and we were just we were just talking about we'd already been in a couple meetings, and she's just standing there. And all of a sudden, it's like 
a can, you know, like a candle or something gets lit on fire and it just begins to melt. You could just see it in her face, the presence of God just hitting her, and she just began to melt. And we're outside, and she's down on the ground on the concrete. And she's just laughing. And this is just this serious, proper lady. Also, during the service, Peter Jennings show up, shows up. And he was trying, at that time, he was doing an interview of spiritual leaders in the church because he was trying to debunk them and go after them and stuff. And so at the end of the, at the, end of the service, um, we were all exiting, and he was trying to interview um, Rodney up front. Uh, why we were all exiting, and um, but people weren't able to exit. The doors were there. They were open, but you couldn't get to them. And I, I remember looking back, and I could see people leaning at a 45-degree angle trying to walk towards the door. And uh, Norma was with us, and uh, I just remember having an umbrella that Gwen had, and I just, I reached out, I, I said, Norma, yeah, here, grab a hold of this, and as soon as she grabbed a hold of it, she went flying back, and there's all these people in this line, they just went, and you could just see the look on Peter Jennings' face at that time, just like in this amazement of like, what is going on here, <laughs> and so, um, also in Bethel Reading, one last story real quick, um, went down to see Rodney at Bethel, and that was a time after I had been actually struggling with some hip injury that I experienced in a football game uh, in 93. And so this is a couple years later. And um, we're in the meeting. Rodney prays. He prays for healing. It doesn't happen. But in that same meeting after that, uh, this lady walked up. She didn't know. She, said, uh, she says, I just feel like I need to pray for you. Is there something wrong with your hip? And I'm like, yes. And so she prayed for me, and the pain has been gone since. And I even went back to see Dr. Bates, and he, he's like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it now. Because before they had done x-rays, and there was, like, my, the blood vessels in my hip had been pinched, and my hip was actually dying. So he said it's potential for hip replacement surgery in the future. So that all was negated in that as well. And then in 2011, from our own church here, uh, a group of pastors, here's a photo of that. You can see Pastor Dan there as it zooms in. This photo was taken when Pastor Dan and uh, six other Oregon pastors went to get trained in Rodney-style evangelism at the river at Tampa Bay. The first street that they, they went to, by coincidence, was called Oregon Street. Quote by C.S. Lewis, joy is the serious business of heaven. The miracle power of God is what builds a culture of joy. And right now I was just thinking about there's these basketball games going on called March Madness. But it got me thinking back to a a team that uh, won the championship back in uh, 2021. And it was the Baylor men's basketball team. And about an article that I saw about that team after they won the national championship, it said that there was a joyous celebration. 
And then also down below the title, I just love this first line in there. They had a culture of joy indeed. And that was something different about these boys is they always played with such passion and such joy. They, they just, there was just this, it was contagious. It was just a culture of joy. And I wonder, could that be said of us? Could it be said of you when you walk into wherever you go that the level of joy or the level of the influence of the kingdom increases when you go into that room? I want to describe and paint a picture of what a culture of joy would look like this morning. We know in science and biology, right, they create cultures in a biological sense as a place where they, like, they maintain the conditions for suitable growth. Whatever it is you're trying to study, whatever you're trying to develop, they, they create this culture, this environment to create conditions for suitable growth. So I, I want to ask you the question today, how do we maintain the condition for growth of joy? How do we set our eyes on this goal of saying, I want to be part of a culture of joy? And let me clarify here something real quick. Joy and happiness are not always the same thing. Example, joy may look more like these balloons. When you're having a birthday party, I've even had people ask me today, whose birthday is it? (laughs) Or you're having an anniversary or celebration or a milestone, milestone moment. It's not unusual for people to bring balloons. And because Balloons are about celebration, they're about parties, they're about everybody having a good time, they're about the festivities, they are about what? Happiness, and it's released to that joy that you're celebrating. But happiness and joy are slightly different, where happiness is an emotion or a feeling that is based on the fruit or the outcome of the circumstances. Where joy is gratitude that is based on the root. Happiness is like the helium in this balloon. Where joy is more like the root that is in the ground, the source. And that root is going to produce a sense of happiness in your life. But it's going to be more powerful than happiness. It's going to be, joy is something that's going to sustain you. It's not going to have this ebb and flow. If we leave these balloons here, I was worried just leaving them overnight from last night. I was worried that they'd go flat. I just kept praying last night. Holy Spirit, keep those balloons full. I even had Jim check them this morning because I could order more balloons and pick them up at 10. (laughs) I was a little worried. But if we came back next week for sure, unless the Holy Spirit got involved, for sure these would be on the ground, wouldn't they? So, Andrew, you want to help me again? You're going to have to do two things. You're going to have to hold the mic as well.
Start moving back. Yeah, a little bit more. So the train. There we go. So like he, he like helium does to one's voice. It changes it temporarily. <laughs> but then it begins to fade. It fades away. And your voice becomes normal again. That's how happiness is. It has that ebb and flow. It's weird to hear my voice, isn't it? Because it's so deep. Here, I'll do it one more time for you. Happiness is like that. God is not against happiness. I'm not against happiness. We all should be leaning towards those joyful moments in life. Amen? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Are you telling me to take another drink? <laughs> oh, my If Rodney could do this, I can do this. The joy we're talking about this morning is a gratitude that that flows from a root. And if you look up the word in the Greek, kadra, meaning to be aware of grace. Therefore, as I'm aware of the grace of God in my life, it produces a sense of gratitude which results in joy, a permanent and permeating joy in my life. Let's take a look at this video of lives being changed. The the Lord healed me alcoholism during this too. (laughs) 
And now you're drinking the new one. Lots of... Isn't it better to wake up with no hangover in the morning time? <laughs> if you'd have known that you could have got this high on Jesus, you wouldn't have to wasted all those years, hey? Huh? <laughs> But you know what? God says he's going to restore back to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the caterpillar, the canker worm, and the palmer worm. God will restore back to you. Hallelujah. And that yesterday is gone forever, but this is a day of new beginnings. A day of new beginnings, and God says he has his hand upon you and your whole family, and you will tell of the wondrous things that God has done all the days of your life. Excuse me, lady, can you see a change in him? Yes. Are you happy? Yes. <laughs> Very happy. The first time I didn't know what's going on, and I just, I'm not just used to it like this. <laughs> I wasn't comfortable at all. And my husband just, he gets so excited. He said to me one day, you might think I'm crazy, but I'm going to Lakeland. I says, well. Where are you from? We're from Salai Beach. Where's that? There's a Cocoa Beach from South. And I said, well. What is a Lakeland? He says, a church. <laughs> Somebody say it's a, a brother, Rodney Brown, and he received so much joy. And, and I just saw the TV, and I want to go over there. It's okay. And I says, oh, go ahead. And so he came over here, and uh, he, he didn't call me. He didn't call you? He didn't call me. <laughs> and it was 1 o'clock in the morning. 1 o'clock in the morning. And I was worried. You were worried? Yeah, and he called me. I want to talk just gone out on the town again. Well, I didn't know what was he's doing. Yeah. And he says, uh, um, he says, uh, I'm at church. Said, what do you mean, church? It? I said, what church? And he says, uh, Lakeland. He says, believe it or not, he says, church is still going. I haven't gone to the bathroom or nothing. I didn't want to leave. He says, can I stay here again next morning? And I said, oh, my gosh. Go ahead and stay. And so he's, he didn't call me all day again. And the next day, almost, I guess late again, he called and left my business. The phone, you know, saying, she knows where I am. I'm okay. And he didn't call me again. <laughs> and it was after one o'clock, almost two o'clock in the morning, he called me again. <laughs> this time I really had. And I says, why don't you come some other time? Why do you keep waking me up? <laughs> he says, well, they've never gone off. They're still going. <laughs> so he stayed here till I guess, three days and night. <laughs> Then he came over Saturday, and he got so, I saw him. But when he come home, what did you think? Well, I saw him. He looked so different. He looked so different. That's joy rooted. His power breaks off bondage. He cha- it changes lives. 
It sets us free. And people can see it, especially your wife. If something's changed, she can see it. <laughs> Philippians 4.4 4 says, in Paul's letter to the Philippians, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight. Take pleasure in him. Again, I will, I will say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. What does the word always mean? Always. So rejoice is kario, which comes from the root word of joy. So now we're expressing joy. And Paul is saying, here's the way I want you to see this. I want you to build a culture of joy. I want you to maintain the conditions suitable for growth. And what I'm talking about is not just happiness that kind of comes and goes. I'm talking about rejoicing and rejoicing and rejoicing again and again and again. Remembering here that Paul is writing this to the church in Philippi a church that he had shared the gospel with when he was traveling through Macedonia. And we know from the story of Acts here that in Philippi, God moved in power. But Paul also had some rough stretches, didn't he, in Philippi? He is put in prison for his faith. He's beat up and he's locked down in jail because he was expressing the, the love of God through miracles and his power and deliverance. And so we see God at work, but we also see the headwinds he was experiencing in his life. And yet at the same time, to those people who knew about his sacrifice and his hardship, he said, rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to say it again, rejoice. In other words, there is a kind of joy that transcends circumstances and outcomes. That's the kind of joy, that's the kind of power that I'm inviting you into, to tap into this morning. A kind of culture that I'm inviting you to live in. And let's quickly read through the rest of this passage, a couple verses here. Verse 5, let your gentle spirit, your gracious unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continuing to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Finally, believers... Whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and good repute, if there is anything excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life. And the God who is the source of peace, joy, love, patience, all those things, 
peace and well-being will be with you. Verse 13, hear this one quite often. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confidence and peace. We'll just stop there. So what is a culture of joy and what is necessary in maintaining the conditions for suitable growth? One, the culture of joy is a culture captivated by Jesus. In other words, if you're going to be a joyful person, if, you're, if your family is going to be joyful, if this church is going to be joyful, if our culture is going to be joyful, the people in the culture must be captivated by the person of Jesus Christ. There is a big difference between being captivated by Christ as a, as a person versus knowing Christ as a namesake of a religion by which I'm saved. There's a big difference. There is a life-shifting transformation when you come to Christ. And one thing about Rodney, one of his goals, like he said, was to come and to remind the church the joy of their salvation. Joy, because joy is Jesus. He is the root. A culture of joy is stunned by the gospel, point two. In other words, gospel blood is still flowing through your veins. It's real today as it was the day you put your faith in him. It doesn't wane. It's like getting baptized and remembering that five years later. I remember 30 years later at one of the conferences in Texas, they set up a big swimming pool, and I got baptized there. All Rodney did was stand up on the stage, and he says, God is going to baptize you this morning by the Holy Spirit. And he just stood up there, and he said, in the name of the Father, Son, and when he began to say Holy Spirit, there was a the sound of a freight train in the room. A wind hit me and shoved me under the water. Then their people quickly jumped in the pool so we all didn't drown <laughs> and grabbed us and took us off and covered us with warm blankets and I laid there for hours just soaking in God's presence. I wonder what it would look like if we walked into the room, into a, this great assembly this morning knowing this is my party. Oh, yes, my father's going to get all the glory. God, don't worry about that. God's getting all the glory. Jesus is the sacrificial lamb that has made it all possible, and he's going to get all the praise and honor. But this is my party. Gospel blood is flowing through my veins this morning. I'm excited about the cross. Are you excited about the cross? I'm grateful to God for what he did for me in my life. And I'm grateful for this day to celebrate him. Because when the music starts playing here shortly, I know this is my party. 
this dance that we're going to have right now, this is for me. I was the one lost, but now I am found. I was the one who was dead, and now I'm alive. I'm going to celebrate today as it was the very first day because I hear the music playing. Do you hear the music playing? It's for me. It's my party. God throws a party for us like the prodigal son the day he returned. God threw a party. God threw a party. And you know what? In Jesus, if you're rooted in the source of joy, every day in God's kingdom is a party. You get to have joy every day, no matter what the circumstances. He is your source. Here is Paul in prison, but he has joy for what God has planned for that day. Whether it's ministering to the guard or speaking to someone that brings the food, whatever it is, you have joy in your salvation. You have that gospel blood flowing through you because you are rooted in the source of your salvation in Christ. A quote from a famous theologian, Jeremiah Pickrell. Don't be root-bound. We have a tendency to get root-bound. Some people got caught up in the laughter and began coming after that. That became a pot that contained their roots. That's not what God wants. God does not want you root-bound He wants you to remain in the source, stay in his soil. Do not allow you to limit yourself in his kingdom. Stay rooted in the soil of the living word, rooted in his kingdom. Allow the Holy Spirit to come this morning and break free any bondage, any blockage in your life, in your heart. Just let him to begin to break free this morning as Jim and his team come. Just let him break free this morning anything that the enemy has tried to pot you with. Allow the Holy Spirit to take you and plant you, replant you into his kingdom soil and begin to allow your roots to be rooted in the joy of your salvation. Let's remember the roots and the joy of our salvation. Because when we do that, we release the sound of heaven. It resonates from us. And when we walk into the room, that joy, that peace, that love, all the gifts of the Spirit, all those things begin to increase as we release it. And our last video this morning is a short clip of what happened at every meeting. There became a time where the sound of heaven was released in some way. And this time was in the voice of the congregation.
and his team are going to just lead us in a simple song of singing amen. And as you sing this song, amen, I want you to allow the, the song of heaven just to permeate your body, begin to break free any bondage in your, in your heart and in your lives that the enemy or circumstances may be may placed on your life, and I'll allow the joy of your salvation to be re-released. God wants you to remember that He is your joy. He is your source. He is your joy this morning. He is your source. He wants you to be rooted, rooted in His joy and in His kingdom and in His Son. Amen. Let's go. about it. Just everybody come forward right now. Come to the front. Don't even think about not doing it. Just come forward. Don't even think about why you shouldn't go forward. Just keep coming. Just come forward. Everybody come forward. Everybody, everybody here, everybody here could use a breakthrough, a breaking off of something. Joy We'll break the shackles. Just go after the joy. The best defense is a good offense. Go after it right now. Just go ahead. Increase it. Get a, get a little rowdy. A little more rowdy here. At home. Do it at home too. Amen. Amen. Increase it. Twice as much. Amen. Twice as loud. Let's go for this. Get after it. Chase the joy. Chase the joy. Chase the joy. Here he comes. Amen. 
off the shackles, God. Break off the hindrances. Break off the resistance. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 One more time with all your heart. shout give a shout hallelujah hallelujah everything must be done decently in order but sometimes the order is holy ghost rowdiness (laughs) if you would like further prayer for some kind of deliverance or breaking off I'd ask Kelly and Veronica to stay up here as well as our pastoral care altar team and Jeremiah and I will be up here to help bless you break whatever off but I just want to just say one of, one of the things that sticks in my mind with regard to the ministry of Rodney Howard Brown and the reason we're, we had him today as a focus is that even though it's a contemporary example it's a historical example of a gift of God to the church in revival you know, millions of people coming to Christ and an outpouring of joy. I remember first reading about or hearing about Rodney Howard Brown in the early 90s. And it was controversial because people said, laughing and laughing in the Holy Ghost. There's not, there's not the phrase of laugh, holy laughter in the Bible. That phrase is not in the Bible. Where they're right, it's not in the Bible. But you know what is in the, revival, in the Bible repeatedly? Joy and rejoicing. And you know what? God, when, a, when a child, a two-year-old is rejoicing and a, and a, a two-year-old is uh, having joy, how do you know? They're smiling. They're laughing. And God's called us in the kingdom to childlikeness. To childlikeness. So laughing, laughing and rejoicing and the, this, this supernatural joy that that resonates within you and emanates out of you and is atmosphere changing. There's no limits to it. You know, sure, it starts by, like Mother Teresa says, just uh, smile at everybody you see. But you know, if you want to have some more of that and you've, you've got a taste of it now and you want, you, you'd like prayer for even more, if you'd like some kind of breakthrough in some way. The way, the way to have a breakthrough is to flood yourself with the supernatural joy of the Holy Spirit. So we'll pray for you some more. Mary Vaughn will be up here praying and others will be praying for you. God bless you. Keep that smile going. Remember, God loves you. We love you. And spread the fire, okay? God bless you.